We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 NFL Championship Round. Best bets, the gold, the silver, the bronze. Before we get into it, please smash the like for the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and help us out with time codes down in the description of parts you may have enjoyed from this show. You want some extra notes, hit up the Mayo Media newsletter. It's completely free. That's down in the description to join. Uh, and if you're just watching on Game Plus, hello out there. Uh, just go to substack.com and search Mayo Media. You can find it all up there right now. Rate and review the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating on Spotify. Help us out there. Rob Pizzoli, you were 2-1 and one last week in the divisional round. That does not match Cam Stewart's 3-0. and oh. Clean sweep. I was 2-1, and one, but Cam, fire! I don't know what's happening, Patrick. I, as I told Rob, uh, he's known me for a long time. This uh, I, I wish this happened years ago, and I'd be retired. I could literally do whatever the hell I want. I could live on a golf course and just do anything I want to do. But, uh, yeah, this, this year's been fantastic. I guess we got to do it again because you guys are my good luck charms. I, I, I honestly don't – I can't believe this. What do you say, Rob? Was it 87, 86%? Yeah, you're you're seventeen two and one with gold picks, so eighty seven and a half percent win rate on your gold picks this year, which is obscene. can I quit? <laughs> I, I, I should quit now. It's not going to get any better. So I've, I've never really understood. Sorry, Pat. The I Cam mentioned like he would really want to live on a golf course. I've never really understood that personally. Like I'm, I, I like the houses that are on the golf course. It's very nice. It's serene and whatever, but like the chances of a ball going through your window on a regular yeah. basis are pretty high. Right. It, yeah. It depends where you are on the golf course too. Like what, what type of hole, like if you're mm. like, that's the thing, if you're driving and the guy's like hitting it through a window, like I think there's areas that we can find where would be less prone, right. Patrick to balls, uh, going through windows or destroying property? Yeah, I, I would, I mean, it really depends, I think, and especially yeah. at the course where you're at. Like, if you're at some sort of hoity-toity fancy country club where everyone's, like, kind of good, you know, if you live, yeah. if you live like, off the, the second tee or something like that, very little yeah. chance of the ball going through your window. Now, if your house is right next to, like, the green on a certain hole where all the approaches are coming in, or you're in perfect, like, slice territory 220 yards off the tee, then you got some real problems. Correct. But, yeah, you're right, Pizzle. I don't know exactly where it would be. Just, you know, just, like, kind of, like, working when I want to work, doing that doing that type of thing. Like, going to the casino, like, not needing to win money. You just go there, have a good time, you know, go 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 hit the muscles at, at the buffet, eat Italian style, so give some good drinks, and just sit there and just be that guy. Actually, you know what I would do? I would be, my dream is to be that guy to wake up and to go to the horse book with all the old guys and just sit there and play ponies, like, all afternoon. 
But if I did that, then the money might be gone, uh, right? That's uh, so essentially that's one of the problems. Basically, what you're describing is that you want to move. You want to move to the Greenbrier facility. Yes, yes, yes. I could do. I could do Pat Falconry with Phil Mickelson and me. And Stewart. Yeah, they they, they got the they got the golf, they got the casino, they got the entire resort. I guarantee you, yeah. you can bet on the ponies there if you really want to. I agree. Greenbrier, it is. So that's Cam's <laughs> dream. So help. Yes. We'll start a GoFundMe. Cam can retire at the Greenbrier. That is, I mean, all the money's going to have to be used to get the visa so you can move there in the first place. But I, I think you'll be that's pretty good. good on that. I good want point. Pizzola, I wanted to ask you before we kind of jump into this. We have these, I mean, we bring it up every week because it's the only thing I really have going positively in my life right now are these San Francisco 49ers future tickets. So I have the 60 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I also have a 30 to 1 to win the NFC. If I wanted to hedge out of this, is there any sort of way I can do this that's not horrible for me at the moment? Like, I I know Rams money line would be the move this week, and then if I get my hedge money out, then I kind of let it ride in the Super Bowl. Because I was looking at the advance lines at DraftKings Sportsbook, and right now it has San Francisco and Kansas City, which is, I mean, if San Francisco gets there, Kansas City is the more likely opponent uh, as their seven-point favorites right now. But it's only like minus 150, I think, is what the money line is, despite it being a three-point game. Yeah, it's actually minus 145 right now, minus three Chiefs favored over the 49ers if that was the case. Can I hedge out of this this week, though? Because it feels like I can't. You can, but you're costing yourself some serious expected value in doing so. So I just recorded a hedging video for Betstamp yesterday, which we're going to throw out on, on our YouTube channel this week. But the reality is hedging is, is a very like easy subject, but people really overcomplicate it a lot of times, right? So what you have a, two great tickets on the 49ers with really big expected value on both of them. Uh, in terms of what the actual price is now versus when you bet them. That's the definition of expected value. Now, a lot of people will just go and they'll hedge and they'll throw money on every other team or random teams or the Rams this week as an example, because they're scared of not winning anything off that bet. And that's understandable. If that's something that is a problem for you personally, Pat, like if you're not going to be able to sleep at night, if the 49ers lose to the Rams and you're like, "Ah, I should have did something with it, then go ahead and put a bet on the Rams. But the reality is, the only time you should really be hedging a bet is if you actually think that there is value in another bet. So for example, if you like the Rams this week and you think it's a good price on them, then sure, go ahead and hedge your bet. Um, If you think that Kansas City or Cincinnati is underpriced to win the Super Bowl, uh, go ahead and hedge your bet because you're making another positive expected value bet. But to just make another wager randomly so that you like kind of guarantee yourself some money, it's fine. It works for a lot of people. Some people want to have money in their pocket, like I said. But in the re- in the reality of things is when you're making all these futures bets over time, every single time that you make a hedge, you're killing some of your expected value. So if I were in your shoes, Pat, I would ask myself, is this life-changing money for me? If it is, I would hedge it. If it's going to affect your mental well-being, if you're going to be like, ah, you know, like the 49ers lost, I can't live with myself, then hedge it. If you see value in another team, Hedge it. If not, just ride out the future. So I'm looking at the Super Bowl odds right now. It's Kansas City plus 120, the Rams plus 210, Niners 5 to 1, Bengals 9 to 1. So instead of going Rams money line, let's say, it's listen, it's not life-changing money for me. If I lose the bet, I lose the bet, whatever. But if I did want to get some money back on it because I still have the Super Bowl future that's out there right now. Now, obviously, I am taking away some of my expected value if I end up uh, not going through with the NFC bet. This just seemed like the easier time to do it. Then I can let my, if I win this one, get my money back and you know, just end up with like 40% of what I had on the... 49ers NFC title game win um, and then I can just let it ride in the Super Bowl and I mean I'm probably not going to do it but I did want to talk it through because I know that there are some people who have really big tickets out there do you think it'd be better to go with Rams money line right now or basically use the exact same amount of money and bet Rams Super Bowl win KC Super Bowl win right now while it's still at plus money See, I would do the latter personally, but then you obviously have a situation where you have Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl and you lose every single one of your bets. So that's something you have to consider as well. Um, but I mean, to each their own, right? Everybody's going to hedge in their own way, depending on what they think the more likely outcome is overall. So if it was me and I was forced to hedge, I would probably take out the plus money future on Kansas City because I think it's extremely likely that they're going to be in the Super Bowl. But 
I mean, somebody might say, no, I, don't, I mean, I don't think Kansas City is a guarantee this week. Or, I mean, the Bengals could easily upset them and maybe want to just put down plus money on everyone else for a small amount to, to guarantee themselves some money on every single outcome. So I, I, th- I think it's just a matter of personal preference, really, uh, and how you think things are going to unfold. But uh, as a good friend of mine and Cam's once said, and I, I kind of abide by it, I think it's one of the smartest things that he's ever said, hedging is for gardeners. I don't necessarily agree because I, I agree. I, I know I bring out the shears because sometimes a good hedge is good. People like a good clean property mail. You understand. And another thing we could talk, Rob, you broke that down perfectly. Live betting. This is the beautiful thing about live betting. Mm-hmm. Good now. point. You stay on top of the game. You get numbers, Pat. That's the thing. You Pat, you guys are sharp. You do math. You do your mathematics, work out your futures and go, listen, what do I need to do in this situation? If the team that you want is down, it's perfect. You, you get plus, you get bonus. Like it's, it's, there's so many things you can do. I know the game has to fold a certain way, but live betting now has changed everything. And I'm with Pat. We bet a lot of golf. Yes. And sometimes hedging and getting something is good. Tennis futures, hedging is sometimes it's good. I'm saying it's kind of different with certain sports, Rob. Like, you know, like betting hockey, like the numbers are crazy. Like a team goes down one nothing, and they turn from like a pick them to like plus two. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you look at it and you go, what's going on here? Like, but the thing is hedging in a golf tournament is, is vital because a guy can shoot a 60 and just blow your brains out. Like you can't just narrow it down to two or three guys. Guys can come out of the sky and win. It's like a horse race, buddy. But, but that's your mentality, right? Your mentality is that you want to guarantee yourself something on that tournament. And my, my, what I'm saying is that yeah. I, I don't know this for sure. Right. But if you were to go back in time and you just look at all your tournament futures with, and the amount of money you would have made off them without actually hedging on other players, you have more expected value in just letting that original bet ride. Like, because here's every time you make a new bet, you're paying a VIG on it, right? Even, even on futures markets, people don't realize that they're paying a VIG because it's not minus 110 on the futures bet, but there's an inherent hold that the casinos keep or, or the sportsbook is keeping in that market. So every single time you place an additional bet, you're pay, paying additional VIG. It's mostly for peace of mind. Lots of times, like I said, people just want to guarantee themselves a win. And that's fine, but I believe that in the long run, if you were to do 10 years of golf and you just bid your pre-tournament bets and you never hedge them, I'm fairly certain you would win more money doing that than if you were to start hedging going into the final round of every tournament or adding guys in game. That's my personal opinion. Um, I think like it's an opinion supported by math, but again, I don't want to be that guy to each their own, right? Like if you're going to be miserable on a Sunday night because you could have bet another golfer to win and your guy lost, then hedge it. Like I, it's, it's a matter of personal preference. It doesn't always come down to math in every single scenario. Um, that's just the way that I personally approach it. The thing is though, Pizzola, one thing before we get to the NFL picks that Pat will tell you, like look at last week with Hudson Swafford, Pat. I saw the show with a couple of guys and they just attacked guys at 100, 125 to one. And he came out of the sky. It's not like you're hedging Rob on a five to one. It was a hundred to one. You could pick mm-hmm. different, like you, you, you and I but know that's that my point. it's life. It could be considered life changing money or a really big hit. So yes, I understand that in a lot of situations, like somebody who throws down 10 bucks on a hundred to one and stands for a huge payday. I, I completely get it. Like it's uh I get, and this is my, this is always the problem I have with the conversation around hedging because every single person should approach it differently. It's more than just the math of it. It's how it's going to affect you. Like you you as a, as a human being, right? Like I, I've been in bed before where I've lost futures and I was like, oh, why didn't I put something else down? And you, it's like a lesson learned for the next time. But now, you know, the 49ers would be a huge score for me, but I, I mean, if, if I lose it, I'm, I'm not going to be really upset. So uh, I, I think it's just, like everybody's got to take their own personal situation into account when they're deciding what they're going to do with their wagers. One thing that I learned a long time ago, because a lot of it is peace of mind type of stuff as well. And do you want your bankroll to move forward? Do you want the big hit that goes into it? But when it comes to golf hedging, I will only hedge on a golf tournament if it goes to a playoff where, and if the playoff only has two people in it, because I think that people waste a lot of money making these wagers because especially like hedging going into the final round, because legit anyone can shoot a 60 uh, mm-hmm. as, as evidenced by last week, like Hudson Swafford ends up like you know, starts four or five strokes behind the leader. Then all of a sudden he's up by three and you're like, Oh, I didn't even think about that guy when it came to a hedge. And at least when you get to a playoff, unless it's the most lopsided playoff in the, history of playoffs which it not not 
is not normal uh, for that circumstance. And like Feinberg and I have two differing opinions on this. He never hedges, and I always hedge when it gets down to it. I want to take my winnings and go through because I want this to sustain itself all year. And you're probably right, Rob, that by doing that, I'm costing myself the VIG. And if I had just let it ride every single time, that I would probably be up more money. Although, like every person who bets on sports, I remember the losses and take them a lot harder <laughs> than I remember the wins. And this just makes me feel good. And I can go on to the next week and I feel like I've won because I have won money. I look at my account, there's a bunch of money in it. And Cam's right. Like you're not hedging a five to one here. You're hedging, you know, probably at worst, like 25 to one or something like that. Yeah, I listen, like, like I said, I get it. I, I'm, I'm not judgmental in these cases because for each person, it's going to be, their own personal opinion on it. I mean, that's like the number one rule I always talk about with hedging. It is a matter of personal preference, plain and simple. Yes, there's a mathematical way to do it. I do strongly believe that every additional bet you make is costing you money in the long run, but there are things that offset that as well. And like mental state um, and well-being, I think that's huge, especially if you're playing the long game in sports. If you cannot handle your account losing for 20 weeks in a row before you finally win something, then by all means, go and hedge. Like if you need to that slow and steady increase rather than, a, you know, down, 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 boom up, then go ahead and hedge. For me, that's not an issue. For someone else, they would, it would drive them absolutely insane to go down that path. So um, I, I don't like, again, no, no judgment, Pat. It's not the way that I would personally approach it. I completely understand from your situation. Now, we had to take a brief time out in between Rob talking and what we're doing now because all of Cam's power went out. However, Cam was able to get his phone to work for him. So now we have Cam via phone, but with his camera on his phone. I, Cam, I, Rob and I are stunned you figured this out. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. They, went me, they sent me to a lot of different directions. I just wanted Zoom app for Android. They're like, Zoom meet, Zoom friends. I, I didn't know there was like nine of them. Then I got the, the link pasted it in and I figured out you sent me the code got in there and I got to be honest with you fooled around with it and got it done I'm actually really proud of myself Pat because I I'm like Homer Simpson why can't everything to be so hard when he's smashing like the barbecue that he couldn't build I'm a useless person like I can't put cabinets anything together but I took a deep breath I said relax and we figured this thing out I'm actually I gotta give myself the old Barry Horowitz pat on the back but there we go yeah the pat there I, I did it yay good for me I, we're all very proud of you with this. Uh, I did want to throw this out as a tease for next week's spread pick show, although there are no spread picks to be had. Gus, mm -hmm. Jeff, and I are still doing a show. Um, on this week's show, Pizzola, it was revealed that Tim was really freaked out when I revealed publicly that I was using his Netflix account and he was using my Disney Plus account. So your guys' old friend, Aaron Bronstetter, last night, wrote Tim oh. an email as the head legal counsel of Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's a classic. That's a classic Bronstetter move, by the way. He was always up for those pranks at the office, which absolutely love that. But I, I can only imagine Tim's reaction when he saw that. Uh, I woke up to like 30 texts about like Tim having a panic attack. He didn't sleep throughout the course of the night. He thought he had to go to court in California. And then we finally had to tell him in the morning. It was fantastic stuff. You'd think that the giveaway would have been, it's like lawyers.netflix at gmail.com who's sending him <laughs> this <season laughs> assist. Oh, it's so good. This guy believes it. Wow. But, but honestly, uh, those accounts are, are set up for people to share. Like if Netflix cared, they would just look at IP addresses and stuff like that. I mean, who doesn't do that? Like I, I have a Netflix account that my parents use, my, my in-laws use, uh, you know, other people give me their Amazon Prime accounts. I, I think that's just like the way the world works. Can you give me your Netflix account? There's some shows I need to see. See the great docu uh, gambling documentaries? They had the Juventus scandal. It's called Good Sport. Yeah. And Marenzi was telling me about Dogs of Berlin. It's like a story of like a corrupt, hardcore gambling cop. And they fix like a soccer match and all this stuff. Anyway, send me your deets. I'm in. I, I will. We, first, we're going to get you a bet stamp account because that's been going on like 12 <laughs> weeks now. Well, but then I'll give you the Netflix account after that. <laughs> So, uh, once again, a reminder to everyone, hit the description and go vote in the Custy Awards. Obviously, this story will not be listed under most Cust story, although it's the heavy frontrunner for this year's Custies. I'm thinking that's going to be the case right now. Let's get into the gold 
picks for the week. Pizzola, do you have a gold pick? Because, I mean, obviously there's only two games. There's only so much we can bet on here. Is it going to be San Francisco plus three and a half? Because that's where I'm leaning. It is for me. I feel like we could have saved the hour show today, and I, we, I like, I'm fairly confident. I know where everybody's going to pick on all these games here, but we'll do it anyways. San Fran to me is actually a good bet though. Like it's a game that I would bet at plus three and a half. If this was a regular season game, it's not like I'm forcing this because it's a playoffs. And obviously we've heard so much this week about how Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. They have, you know, six straight wins over the Rams. They were underdogs in five of those six games. Now you got to dismiss like four of those six games because it's Jared Goff for the Rams and Stafford is an upgrade over Goff. But like when we look at those six games altogether, there was not a single one where like the Rams deserved to really win the yards per play in each of those games favored the 49ers with the exception of one of them. Really the reality is I look at this game. I don't know how the Rams are three and a half. These are very equal teams If you ask the 49ers, who would they want to play on the road in an NFC championship game? It's probably the Rams just because there's going to be just as many 49ers fans at this game as there are going to be Rams fans. We saw this in week 18 of the regular season where Matt Stafford couldn't even call his own plays at home. They couldn't couldn't hear signals in the huddle because it was so loud from 49ers fans in their home stadium. So from that point of view, I think that the number is too high. And then on top of things like, you think about what the Rams do really well and why they're such a good football team. It's because they have an elite offensive line and they have an elite defensive line. They really kill teams at the line of scrimmage. And the 49ers are a team that can compete with them at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They have a great defensive line, obviously anchored by Bosa, but the interior is really good as well with Eric Armstead in there. Very good linebacking core with Fred Warner. They have Al Shair, Dre Greenlaw. Offensive line is holding up for the 49ers as well. They have the best left tackle in the game in Trent Williams. Now he didn't practice Wednesday, which is a bit of a concern, but Shanahan says he fully expects him to play in this game. So I just don't see where the Rams really have a big edge over this team. Like I feel like this is a close game one way or another, two very equally matched teams, no big home field advantage for this game in particular. So I think the 49ers are a good bet plus three and a half. I think people are just really selling the 49ers now because Jimmy G played horribly last week. You have to remember that was, really really cold game like extremely cold like minus 18 celsius type of conditions balls too like of course like like the thing is he was bad but it wasn't like he made some really good throws and that's the whole thing about this guy like people aren't real when they assess him right pizzola i admit the problem is jimmy i have one tip for you don't try the cfl across the field pass that's like (laughs) like a curveball you're not josh allen you don't have the arm strength to do that if he avoids that He'll avoid interceptions, and I think they can win the game outright. I'm, I'm with you, Pozzola. Good, well, good well, you look at the, the Rams defend the, the outside of the field really well because they have uh-huh. good cornerbacks, but they've always struggled to cover the middle of the field, and I think that's why they always struggle to defend the 49ers because the 49ers throw over the middle a ton, and they also run the ball very well, and they've been successful doing that against the Rams over the course of the last few years whenever they've met up with them. But I agree with you, Cam. I, I mean, a lot of people are fixated on Garoppolo. He's the worst of the remaining quarterbacks. I get it, but, and he can certainly have a backbreaking turnover, but guess what? So can Matt Stafford. I know Stafford played amazing last week. He had a great, great game. I'm not going to discredit him, but he's also went on a pretty bad run down the stretch, 10 turnovers in four games to end the year, which people seem to completely forget about as well. So um, I, I, I don't think this game should be above three points in favor of the Rams. I like the 49ers this week. In games that the 49ers win, um, in every basically in every Rams loss this season, opposing tight ends have totaled at least five catches, and they all had a red zone catch. And in 49ers wins, 33% of the completions go to the slot. So I'm thinking if we're going to go props <laughs> at all, we go with Kittle in this spot. because Yes. Because his numbers have been depressed a little bit, too, because they've been using him primarily from a blocking sense. Now, Rob, maybe you can kind of chime in on this. Uh, I mean, Cusp was ranting about it on the show that you know they, they need to use Kittle more. They need to use Kittle more. But basically, since Elijah Mitchell has returned, that they've turned Kittle into a blocker primarily because not only is an offensive line the strength for the 49ers, adding Kittle as a blocker to this, being one of the best blocking tight ends in football, it's really helped establish them at a very high EPA per play when it comes to running the ball, whether it's Debo or whether it's Elijah Mitchell now. 
This is why I think George Kittle is the best tight end in the league because he's very versatile. And I know he had a key drop last week early on in the game, but he's a very good pass catcher. And when they ask him to stay in and block for the entire game, he can do it. Unlike the likes of like a Travis Kelsey, who I think is very good as well, but very versatile player. Now the, the Rams can get a lot of pressure with their defensive front. I don't necessarily love, like, I think the opportunity is there for Kittle in this game because I think he can work the middle of the field against pretty bad linebackers. And honestly, like the safeties for the Rams, they just brought in 37 year old man, Eric Weddle as well, because they have injuries at safety. So the matchup advantage is there. I just wonder early on if the Rams are getting pressure, if the 49ers just keep him uh, blocking a little bit more, uh, especially on passing downs as well, just to help chip on his way out or whatever. I think what they'll probably do the 49ers is try to get Debo Samuel into the slot as much as possible, get him away from Jalen Ramsey on wherever Ramsey lines up on the field and just try to work him over the middle of the field as much as possible. But regardless, this is what Jimmy G does. He targets the middle of the field a lot more than any other quarterback in the league. And that's where the Rams are the weakest. So from a pure matchup perspective, uh, I don't know that I love Kittle necessarily, although he can completely go off. I just feel like, Middle of the field is open a lot in this game for the 49ers. Cam, I am also making San Francisco plus three and a half my gold selection. Do you, like, we saw this a little bit last week. And I know that, you know, there was the Acres fumble and it just seemed like they were trying to give Tampa yep. Bay a, a lane back into this game. But it didn't feel like McFay did that great of a coaching job in the second half either. And we've seen this a few times throughout the course of the season. Good point, Pat. Remember what happened the last time they played? They got a 17-0 lead and got complacent. What happened? The 49ers came back, won the game, got into the playoffs, and now look what they're doing. That's the thing about McVay. He gets a lot of credit. I think he's a very good coach, motivator. You know, he's fine. But I take Kyle Shanahan over him. I think there's a coaching advantage with the 49ers. Rob's right. Debo Samuel, you got to mix it up. Obviously, the Rams are going to look at tape. Let's remember, the 49ers are beating these guys six times in a row. So nothing. The Rams, you better come up with a better scheme. But I'm with you. I think the 49ers on the money line, Pat, I have the exact same bets as you. I think I have a 70 to one and a 35 to one with conference and Super Bowl. But I also have a Rams Super Bowl at the start of the year. But the 49ers plays pays way more. So I, I, I yeah, there's no hedging in this situation. Whoever wins is going to win. I think San Francisco's the better team. I think Kittle's going to get more involved. And I think they're going to smash these guys. The thing about the Rams is they're, the 49ers are just a tough street gang. Like those are the guys. If you're in a fight, I want the 49ers on my side because they wear you down. And that's what happened with the Packers. Packers scored early in that game. 49ers lingered. Their special teams. They get a blocked uh, punt touchdown. They block a field goal at half, uh, which changed the whole momentum of that game. They're a dangerous football team. I don't want to play them. Give me the 49ers plus three and a half as well. I think they get it done. There we are. The gold selections, just wow. a, a round of 49ers. I, I feel like the last time we did this, they, they covered, so that was good news. And mm -hmm. are I the hope we did it. Yeah. And the gold I hope pick, we get it, guys. The gold picks have been really good this year, so listen, I, let's let it ride on the 49ers. Let's go. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. Full serious in that, too. I started taking Athletic Greens because I had no energy in the morning, plus my breakfast was just too logy. I didn't want to feel logy all day long, filling up on carbs, and I really wanted to not have to take like 3,000 vitamins to get what I needed. And Athletic Greens fills that in perfectly because it does get me everything that I need in the morning. Like, what is this stuff? Many people ask me that, but with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-source foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. I always take it on an empty stomach, and it makes me feel pretty awesome. Not going to lie to you. And it fills me up, too, so I'm good to go for the morning before I end up eating something in the afternoon. And the taste is pretty good. Like, you're thinking green juice, how awful does this taste, Athletic Greens? Not so much the case. Plus, they have these travel packs that I bring, not that I'm traveling a ton, but I've done more traveling in the past three months than the previous two years. And I take one with me, and I just make it on the road with me, and it keeps me in my routine as I go and travel. Because everyone knows when you travel, you get completely out of your routine. It contains one less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything well, still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery and supports mental clarity and alertness. 
Uh, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important for me to choose one with high-quality ingredients that my body is actually going to absorb. And it costs less than $3 a day. If you're investing in your health, it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and it takes up far less room. Trust me on that one. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It was costing 100 bucks a day. This less than $3 a day. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Do you wake up in the morning and you're feeling nauseous? Or maybe you go to bed and you're feeling nauseous. Or maybe you just lost all your golf bets on the weekend or football bets and you're feeling nauseous. Well, you got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is Relief Band simulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. It's really helped me in the morning, because I wake up morning and sometimes I am sick to my stomach, very nauseous, and ever since I started wearing Relief Band, not so much the case anymore. Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of year, and right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code MAYO, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code MAYO for 20% off plus free shipping. Silver picks. Now we're getting into tough territory because I don't really love the spread in the other game. I think like forced to make a pick. I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Do you I like, do. And you yes. like the Bengals, right? You're damn right. I like the Bengals. Everyone's thinking, oh yeah, Kansas City's going to roll up on these guys. I'll tell you something. The Bengals can play with these guys. Remember, they played them earlier on in the season. They won the game. The one advantage they have, I can't Kansas City. You don't want to play the Bengals. You got Jamar Chase. You got Higgins an underrated boy who I think actually could get a touchdown in that game. I like his prop over receiving yards. He's going to be open. Joe Mixon chucking it out of the backfield. What is the issue, guys? The Tennessee Titans got nine sacks against them. They have to do things a little bit different. Quick little hitters, draws, all sorts of stuff. And that includes Joe Burrow over eight and a half yards rushing. I think he's going to, like, basically, this is everything. He's going to use his feet. I think he's going to run for, like, 30, 40 yards in this game. I think that prop is way too low. I like the Bengals plus seven. I think they can win the game. I think Kansas City wins a squeaker, uh, but I believe in this Bengals team. I think uh, they're the real deal, and I think it's not going to be easy for Kansas City. I'll take the damn points. We rode the dogs last week, and if not for 13 seconds, we would have gone perfect with every single dog. If Buffalo could have just held on, I like the dog again. Give me those nasty pussy cats, the Cincinnati Bengals plus seven. Let me guess, Rob, you hate the Bengals. I'm, I'm going to take two minutes here to defend myself for one second because you guys have had me convinced for weeks that I hate the Bengals. There's the guy that tweets me on Twitter all the time as a Bengals fan of like, why does Rob hate the Bengals so much? So I actually spent some time last night reviewing my history on this show. Okay. And this all started in the beginning of December when the, the Bengals hate. I picked the Chargers as my gold pick against the Bengals week 13. The Chargers blew them out, by the way. They won that game 41-22. But that's where this all started. The next week, that was the week where Cam was sauced. We didn't talk about the Bengals game on the show at all. Um, when <laughs> when they lost... <laughs> Sorry, I make one mistake. Well, you, listen, you, I, I just... Yeah, I'm, <laughs> for a point of reference, so people remember what week I'm talking about. Week 14, 
the, that Bengals game against the 49ers didn't come up on the show. So yes, week 15, the next week, Pat picks the Bengals as his goal, plus three against Denver. I say, and I quote, I really like Cincinnati plus three, but I'm scared of potential COVID with this team. I cannot bet them right now, but if I see late in the week that they don't have a COVID situation and this line still exists, I'm betting the Bengals. I do a Sunday morning Twitter uh, periscope every week. I bet the Bengals. It's actually locked and verified on BetStamp. So I got the Bengals that week. The next week, week 16, I made Cincinnati my silver pick against Baltimore. They won 41 to 21. I, I went on a run at the end of the season here where I was betting the Bengals or it was like not really fading them. It's all really came to fruition in the week where you guys, I think Cam really liked the Bengals against KC. It was week 17, where all yeah. I said was that I wouldn't bet the Bengals at this price. I didn't say I was betting Kansas City, but we've gone way overboard here now. I picked them in the wild card round, the Raiders against the Cincy plus six came down to the wire. I feel like I was like a little bit unjust not winning that. But regardless, the Bengals hate is not there for me. It is not there. With that said, I would not bet the Bengals this week. That's what I'm saying here. It's a Kansas City or nothing game. I'd like to see the status of Tyron Matthew because if he's not on the field, you get Daniel Sorensen again. Daniel Sorensen played at safety. Last time these guys played, he got torched by Jamar Chase about 100 times in that game. He's the worst cover safety I've ever seen in my entire life. But aside from that, I, 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 there's just a lot separating these teams, in my opinion. There really is. I, I mean, I think it's kind of a fair price, and I agree with, with Pat in that he doesn't really like this game. I don't really. I was just I was, I was thinking when Kansas City beat Buffalo, we might get this to open at some absurd number you know, eight and a half, nine and a half. And I'd be like, okay, I'll take the Bengals. But we got seven, which I think is just the right price. If I had to pick a side though, I think the Chiefs are are more likely to blow them out than this ends up being a close game. So if we go under the premise that Kansas City is going to win this game and Chiefs wins this season, they've completed almost 47% of their deep passes, Cam. And do you know which player on the Bengals this year has the best deep ball percentage in terms of completion rate? What, catching the ball? Yeah. Boyd. No, no, for the Chiefs. Oh, for the Chiefs. Deep ball, uh, Hardman. It is Byron Pringle at 59%. Pringle. Oh, yeah, Pringle. Wow, and unbelievable. So you like Pringles this week? Uh, if, you, if, you like, if you like the Chiefs to win, I'm, I'm just looking at his over-under prop right now in terms of receiving yards. It's 37 and a half. Too low. Like feel like the over can come through there if you think that the Chiefs are going to win because I feel like that's how I would want to play it like you said if Honey Badger is out here Rob like it's 87 and a half for the Jamar Chase over under I think I'd still take the over then <laughs> I think you're probably right I, listen I think there's a lot of game states and this is evidenced by the spread where the Bengals are trailing and they have to throw the ball a lot late actually the first time these teams played that was the situation right exactly. Kansas City built up a big lead and then Cincinnati mounted a comeback so I would not bet Jamar Chase unders this week. That's 100% for sure. I think from the Kansas City side, the matchup they have against Cincinnati is very similar to the way San Fran matches up against the Rams. The Bengals actually, their outside corners have done a good job this year. Chidobi Awuzi has actually been a very good cornerback for them. They've defended wide receivers well. They don't really defend the middle of the field well, and they don't really defend running backs well. Uh, they give up a ton of targets to tight ends, a ton of targets to running backs. I feel like this a Travis Kelsey game personally. Like I'll make my silver pick this week, Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown scorer. Um, you know, he had that run in the middle of the season where he really didn't do anything. I think depending on the book, I think DraftKings, I saw him at minus 130 yep. earlier today. Um, I, I think Travis Kelsey minus 130. I think the Chiefs are scoring four to five touchdowns in this game. Uh, I'd be surprised if Kelsey doesn't get one because the, the Bengals just don't have good cover linebackers. They don't defend the middle of field well. That's been the case for them all year, including in the red zone. So um, that'll be my silver for this week. I'll take Kelsey anytime touchdown score. So I'm going to go, I, I have it between, I, I'm thinking about the over in the Rams and Niners game, because that feels really low to me at the moment. I know that we think about this defensive battle, but we're still not including, you know, Stafford's probably good for, you know, a, a, a a few balls that should be turned into pick sixes, whether they come to fruition or not, who knows? And you know, the Jimmy G's he's game. 
he's game for a fumble six, whatever it is that he's up to, that you get a defensive score on the board, it completely puts the game completely wide open. I think it's 46 right now, or even 45 and a half at DraftKings Sportsbook. It keeps dropping throughout the course of the week. I don't necessarily want to attack the 54 and a half in the Bengals and Chiefs game, but I think I'm going to go with this same game, and it's another anytime touchdown, Rob. I'm actually going to take Joe Mixon minus 125 anytime touchdown mm-hmm. Love it. against the Chiefs. And when the Bengals get inside the five-yard line, it's just Joe Mixon time. Like, he's going to get his two shots, and I don't see Kansas City's defense holding up enough unless all of the, unless it's like last week with the Bills where it's like, oh, yeah, every touchdown comes from 47 yards out. If the Bengals are in the red zone, they can just beat the ball down a little bit. Mixon's going to get his chances. I really like the minus 125, Cam. Love it, Pat. I I, I told you, I, I think Mixon touchdown. I agree with Pozzola with Kelsey. I told you my prop, I'm not going to do gold, silver, or bronze. I think Burrow eight and a half. I think he's going to run. He's going to, they're going to be in situations where these guys are going to bring the heat. And he's going to have to find a lane, move the chains, keep it going. I think that number's too low, but I love your guys' props in the game. And as I said before, I think, you know, Chase is going to be a guy that they're really going to focus on. I think uh, Tyler Boyd is kind of the X factor for me with the Bengals. I love your guys' picks. Like, I think that's uh very good pick. I think uh, Kelsey has a big day. This game, that, that's the thing. Like, how, I want to, like, everyone's betting the over in this game. How do you take the under? Because I think the Bengals can score, like, 31 points. How many is Kansas City going to score? 34? Like, I, I, I agree with the over. Well, let's move to the bronze selections, then. We, we, we've talked around it a little bit. we got some teasers in play here. Alt lines yeah. in play. I don't know. Cam, what are you thinking? Here's what we did. We did that super four banger last week. We don't have enough games, but I'm going to do a teaser again. You guys are taking care of the props. I'll be Tommy teaser. Um, Pozzola brought up the number. Uh, he thinks, you know, maybe eight and a half. It would have been nice for the Bengals. I still like it at seven. But if I can get the San Francisco 49ers to 10 and a half on a seven point teaser with the Bengals plus 14, that's good enough for me. I think these big games are both going to be close with the dogs. I'm going to take the points. I love this teaser. It's a little bit of juice instead of a six-point teaser, but you need that number. You need to. I, I need 14. Uh, at least a push can be in, a factor there. If Kansas City does decide, you know, win by 14, I think San Francisco at 10 and a half is huge. I think they can win the game. So I love the points there. I'm going to do another teaser. I think both of these dogs are close in the game. I get teaser. Yeah, I get a teaser, and I got some points to play with. Kansas City is a very dangerous team. Getting that extra touchdown. I think is really important in this spot. So that's what I'm doing. Give me the Bengals plus 14, Niners plus 10 and a half, two game, seven point teaser. Let's rock. Minus 140 for the seven point teaser. DraftKings Ooh, I thought it was 30. Uh, I know Pozzola's <laughs> going to get, he's going to slap me for the juice, but you know what? I'll, I'll drink an extra uh, glass of Tropicana. I'll, I'll deal with it. I like that teaser. I always worry, and listen, it came to fruition last week. The Bills covered the teaser number, no problem. Uh, They should have covered the actual number, probably won the game outright. But I always struggle going against the Chiefs in a teaser because when I look up and they're winning by 40, it's like, oh, yeah, smart. Smart move, Pat. Way to put them in a teaser. Yeah, you're right. I should probably tease Kansas City down, but I like Mm. the Bengals to keep it close in this game, so I'm sticking to my guns. I'll take the plus 14 with the Bengals. I think it's a closer game than people think. That That's kind of what I was going to say in regards to that. Obviously, if, to each their own with their play. If I was going to tease that game, I would tease. I think it's more likely that Kansas City wins the game than the Bengals stay within 14, if that makes sense. But it's true, Rob. I don't want to go against myself, though. You know what I'm saying? I get like, it. It's just one of those things. I actually think the Bengals can win the game. But of I'm course they can. The it's, the, it's the NFL. Anybody can yeah. beat anyone any given day. Like, I. It, it, and they've already beat them this year. So it's not like it's um, it's something that would be a, a complete shocker. Not to mention, jo- the, this Joe Burrow run, it kind of reminds me a little bit, and people are going to go nuts when I say this, but Tom Brady early in his career, where you just like ice in his veins type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like he's going to win the game kind of thing. And you're very scared to bet against that type of quarterback. I, that's kind of like what I see in Cincinnati. I don't like the Bengals roster overall. Obviously love their skill position players. I do hate their O-line. Don't really love their defensive front anymore, especially with the injuries that they have. So in like the, the trenches, I don't like this team. And that's what I really struggle with at times. But Burrow is like absolutely electric as a player. One, love one more point, Rob, one more point too. Harrison Buck, Butker used to be the best. Like he misses kicks off. McPherson's ice. This kid out of Florida, fifth round draft pick. Have you seen Cincinnati's kicker? This guy has been fantastic recently. He's nutting kicks. 
I like the special teams for, for the Bengals in this spot. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they even put some like faster players down returning punts and doing all sorts of stuff. It's now or never. Right. And I'm telling you, this kid is not nervous. He's actually cocky calling his shots last week against the Titans. So I, I like the Bengals field goal game. And once in a while, Butker gets the old uh, missed extra point, missed kicks that uh, could come into play. Uh, his over-under right now is 1.5 field goals made for Evan McPherson in this game. Uh, I, think, I think I would lean the heavy under because I think the Bengals know well enough that they don't want to be kicking field goals in this game. That's not that's yeah, not a I recipe understand. to win. Yeah. They're not going to win if that's the case. And last time, Zach Taylor was aggressive on fourth downs against the Chiefs as well. The last okay. time that they played, I think he realizes he can't pull the McDermott um, and be soft, basically. It's going to be tough. What are you thinking for your bronze selection, Rob? I am going to go for a player prop in the Rams 49ers game. Um, I'm going to take now Tyler Higby's been on this run of like pretty consecutive, pretty consistent 50 to 60 yard games. So a lot of people are going to look at his receiving yardage total this week, which is in the low 40s, and they're going to play the over. I actually think this is an under game for Tyler Higby because the 49ers are pretty consistent in what they do defensively. And that is they give up a lot of yardage to wide receivers, but they defend the middle of the field very well because they have one of the best linebacking cores in the entire league. So I think this is an under, I'm going to take Tyler Higby under, I think at DraftKings was 42 and a half, uh, I believe this morning, but it's going to be in the low forties range and you're going to get a underdog price on that. Uh, I like the under there. I think that Stafford is targeting wide receivers in this game because the 49ers secondary is just not great in terms of covering wide receivers, but they're very good over the middle of the field. So um, not something I think people are going to be in love with when they look at Higby's recent receiving yardage, but I think that this is a little bit overpriced. Well, this is good if you're taking the San Francisco 49ers to win because per the Mayo Media Newsletter, we have some Higby facts in this game. When the 49ers, when teams beat the 49ers, they average 8% fewer air yards per throw than they do in losses. So Higby has the lowest A dot among all qualifiers for the Rams. And that's a 75% catch rate of balls thrown then less than 15 yards. So I think if you think that the Niners are going to lose the game, um, then you're probably going to end up, let's see here, when the teams beat the 49ers. So if the Rams win, I think you would want to go Higby over. If the Rams lose, you would want to go Higby under. And that's the way that we're playing it, isn't it? I have to unmute myself. Yes, it is the way that we're playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur hour over here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Each of these teams has like a pretty, cons- especially elite defenses. I don't want to say elite defenses, but because the 49ers, I wouldn't consider them an elite defense, but good ones. They're very consistent in what they do, especially with the personnel that they have and uh, consistent in the way that they play. And I I just don't want to target, like I could easily go the opposite route here. And some people might be more interested in doing that where they take like a Cooper cup over on yardage. But the problem with these Cooper cup and Odell Beckham jr. Yardage totals is they're coming off a game where these guys were electric and the numbers are boosted up a little bit. So I'm kind of paying a premium now even though I still think that these guys are likely to go over their yardage totals, I'm paying a little bit of extra because of the way that they basically dominated the Bucks secondary last week. So I'd rather target something where a player's number is a little bit more inflated now because of the fact that he's been on a recent run and now gets a much tougher matchup. So I have it boiled down to three props for my selection here. Maybe I should just go with Burrow over yardage because I'm thinking about Jamar Chase over 87 and a half receiving yards. I'm thinking about T Higgins over 70 and a half receiving yards. I like both those overs, but you know, those seem like the right numbers to me. The other one was just going to be Cam Akers anytime touchdown 120 plus 125. So you get dog money on it and Akers is playing like 95% of the snaps now. And Sony Michelle is nowhere to be seen anymore. He is, but he's also terrible right now. And obviously he's coming back off a long injury, but he, if you extrapolate Cam Akers numbers in the postseason to the entire regular season, he would have by far the worst success rate of any running back in the league. And the 49ers have a pretty strong defensive front. I get it. Like if they get down to, but although, you know, what, I should say this as well. They get down to the one yard line. Stafford's been sneaking a lot as well. So it's not like it's a guarantee that they hand off the ball on the one yard line either. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on Cam Akers right now. He just doesn't look like a healthy healthy running back at this point. And um, I get the usage and getting the plus money on him because he is going to be heavily utilized in the game. 
but I just don't think he's all that effective. And when you get into these situations near the goal line, he's going to have to probably break a tackle or two, and he just hasn't really shown it yet. Well, yeah, then- Pat, you're you're absolutely correct. Uh, I just got a data warning message. I guess my data is struggling, <laughs> so I didn't realize it's uh, really eating up a playing pac-man here i don't know how much uh phone i got left here anyway we're we're just doing our thing i got one other prop for that game van jefferson uh, over longest reception 17 and a half yards when they go to van jefferson it's usually like a 24 23 he stretches the field that's something i'd look at in that game van jefferson longest reception over 17 and a half yards i, I like the Struggling. over longest receptions for the rams just in general and almost all the receivers yeah. because if stafford gets the time the back end for the 49ers is god awful it's just teams don't have the time to go down the field and actually make these completions but if they can get the time here like whitworth back to full strength potentially or i mean i don't even know if he's playing or not but if he's back maybe that's better protection for them they can run some sort of misdirection give stafford some time and then all of a sudden there's someone wide open down the field i'm actually just i'm not going to overthink this one jamar chase is going to light up the chiefs regardless of who's on the field whether they win or whether they lose over 87 and a half receiving yards for jamar chase is gonna be my bronze selection of the week we'll let you get out of here cam i don't want to i don't want to waste all your data just remember to remember to stick on the old wi-fi now for the rest of the for the rest of the month yeah, but I don't have Wi-Fi because my power's out, right? Like, right but he's saying issue. going going forward, yeah, the yeah, remainder of the going month, forward, yeah, turn going off your forward, data. Not be on wi- it doesn't matter. How much, how much is three gigabytes? Is it, like, is it a lot or they cost well, me I, money? I, I don't know what anyway, your data plan is. I'll send the invoice in the mail. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my, my, I mean, some people have like unlimited data. I don't know how that works, but I have like, yeah, I'm with, uh, I'm with a lower carrier. Maybe it's uh time to upgrade. These guys are scamming me too. I was actually, I might change carriers pretty soon. These guys, they're fleecing me uh, with a lot of stuff. So yeah, maybe it's time to move on. All right. That's Canadians, all. Canadians in general are being fleeced relative to the rest of the world on, on data. everywhere. Grocery prices, Wi-Fi, phones, television bills, everything, man. We get, we get screwed. And where's that? The cost of living. Like, where's the where's the monies? We need more money to live like this. That's the whole problem. Well, help support Cam and give him more money by going to sportsgrid.com and watching him over there. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate that. Nice plug. I'll be on this week, uh, 8 o'clock, with uh, Diamond Joe Ranieri, uh, famous Oklahoma State basketball player turned capper. Very, very good capper, by the way. We are doing... Uh, the Bengals uh, Chiefs game on Sunday night. So it should be a lot of fun in-game live. If you like betting, that's the show for you. We bet on a lot. Rob Pizzola, betstamp.app. Are you guys still good for same time next week? We'll talk about the Winter Olympics. Are we going to do yeah, it? I might I mean, be in, uh, am I going to, I think I'm going to LA pretty soon. Uh, I'll get back to you guys on that. You guys, uh, you're going yeah, to, yeah, you're yeah. going to LA during the off week? Yeah, yeah, we were working Super Bowl week. Like that's the whole thing. Like I think we're flying out there. I think I'm flying out the next day. So, yeah, I might be available on Thursday for sure. We'll have bad takes about the Olympics. That's always fun. I like that. Yeah, sure. Let's get some Olympic bets going. Uh, It sounds like fun to me. All right. Well, let's sweep the board this week. Then we'll have plenty of money to lose on the Winter Olympics coming up next week on the Best Bet Show. Thank you all for watching. We're going to try to save Cam's data package right now by getting out of here. Smash the like, sub to the channel, sub to the newsletter. And I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!